0: You are listening to the How to Talk to Girls podcast with me, Trip Kramer.
1: I've been having more sex than I did before I started the program.
0: I actually have a problem now. I have too many women that are calling me. I just finished uh, a mini date with a girl, um, super hot girl, but the tips I've got from Trip, they obviously work. I'm going to cut right to the chase here. Many of these guys were lonely and depressed because they could barely get a woman to talk to them, let alone agree to go on a date. But you don't need to magically grow seven inches, win the lottery, or get a six pack to consistently attract, date, and sleep with gorgeous women. All you need is TED. TED stands for Tension, Entertainment, and Dominance. TED is all you need to manipulate a woman's emotions in order to create instant attraction and get her so interested in you that you'll become all she thinks about until she eventually snaps and starts chasing you and trying to escalate things. If you want to find an amazing girlfriend, have a more fulfilling dating life, or even if you just want to experience what it's like to sleep with new women every week, then go to coachedbytrip.com. Schedule a call with one of our highly trained dating experts for a free one-on-one consultation call. On that call, we'll discover where you're at with your dating life what's stopping you from getting the kinds of results you want, and then lay out a blueprint specific to your situation so you can have the kind of love life you truly want. If we both feel like you're a good fit for coaching, then we'll cross that bridge when we get there. That's coachedbytrip.com for that free one-on-one consultation call. Now, back to the podcast. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the How to Talk to Girls podcast. I'm your host, Trip Kramer from tripadvice.com. On today's episode, I have a discussion with my man, Eric, Coach Eric, over here at TripAdvice. Some of you already know him because you're working with him in the coaching program. Some of you already know him because you've heard him. This is maybe his fourth or fifth time on the podcast, and he's always dropping gems. And I absolutely love talking to him because me and him just go back and forth and giving you the best advice, especially today, which is how to pick the best place for a date. Okay, so what are we going over on this episode? We're going to give you step-by-step instructions. Eric is going to be telling you how to pick the best place. He's going to be explaining how to find out which place is going to have the best vibe for a date, the actual instructions on how to search for it. I give a few tips here in terms of what you can do to make sure that it's a good place for a date. And then we talk a little bit about escalation. So, how are we going to escalate to the point where you can get physical with her? How do we make that easy for ourselves on a date? So, it's not just about the location of the date and the best place for a date, but also where to sit inside of the actual place. All these tips and more coming at you from Eric on today's episode. So excited. I want to give my appreciation for those of you who have left a kind review on the Apple Podcast. I read all of them that come through. So, thank you for the five stars. If this is something that's helped you, I would love a five star rating from you. They make me smile, they make me happy, and I love reading them. So, go ahead and do that. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, it is so much appreciated. And plus, it gets the word out to more people. The higher we rate the podcast, the more it gets out there and shows to people what the best podcast is for this kind of advice and it is the best advice out here that we're giving and everyone should have a chance to be able to learn it so help your brethren and leave a review not just for me but for everybody else coach eric is taking clients right now understand he is a coach here at TripAdvice, so he is fully trained on everything in terms of online dating and also meeting women in person. And it's funny because it's not like he had to get much training. He has been a dating coach for many years before he started working here at TripAdvice. So it was just giving him a a couple of extra tips and things and just the way that we do things over at TripAdvice. But he is the man and guys that are working with him are getting insane results. So if you want to get more Dates from online dating and know exactly what to put in your profile. If you want to be able to get encouragement and advice specifically tailored to you for meeting women in person, we can do that. Eric can do that. We can help you. Go to tripadvicecoaching.com and apply today. When I say apply, it just means you're filling out a little form telling us about yourself. Then we hop on a free call with you to discuss your issues. We want to find out what's going on and give you a game plan for your future. For getting more dates. The guys here in the program right now are getting insane results. If you are in Trips Corner, you know what I'm talking about. Trips Corner is my private Facebook group only for coaching clients and people who have gotten the Hooked program in any of my other courses. And Every day, we're hearing awesome stuff about guys being able to get more dates and get the kind of women that they want. In fact, I'll read you really quick right now. From October, I, I put a little post. I said, share your wins. Share your wins. And I'll leave it anonymous, but win of the month from A, he says, converting cold approach to same-day hangouts and lays. And His big aha moment was, you have to face your fears and live in the present moment in order to grow to where you want to be step-by-step. Jay said, I pulled a girl home from the grocery store. We talked for a bit. An hour later, she came over, and I came over her. (laughs) Oh, my God, that's the first time I'm reading that. Got our third date this Friday. That is from Jay. Um, hilarious. Guys, what are you doing, man? What are you waiting for? If you really want to get insane results, you got to work with us. TripAdviceCoaching.com. Now let's get over to talking to Eric about the best places for a date. Don't miss this. Coach Eric, what's up,
1: man? How you doing? I'm doing pretty good trip. Thanks for asking. Um, I don't know if you keep up with the news. Been drowning in wildfire smoke here for the last couple weeks, and oh, um, I
0: actually had no idea. Really? Yeah.
1: West Coast fire season, right? Everywhere from Southern California up to the Canadian border uh, seems to be on fire this time of the year. So, uh, but it's cleared up. We got some rains, and uh, when it rains, it means the air is filtered by the water and. It's the first time I've found myself saying, "I wish it would frickin' rain in Portland a whole bunch, right?" <laughs> Finally, because came. it always
0: because it always does, anyways. Just not not right. now, I guess. Right.
1: That's We're celebrating interesting. the rain. So, when you go outside, can you smell it? Not as of today, but yeah, you. It smells like ash, right? You just. It, it's not necessarily heavy, but it's there. It's lingering, and you get that kind of campfire smell. Um, I, um pleasant. I remember that when
0: I lived in L.A. I remember smelling those wildfires when yeah. it was bad. Although I think it got even worse after I I left. But yeah, it it just it's a disaster over there. Well, I don't know if you brought that up because because we're talking about the environment, but not yeah. in the not in the environmental way that we're talking about now with fires, but we're talking about the environment of the date and maybe even talk about the environment of when you're approaching, right? Yeah. So first, why did you decide to bring up this topic?
1: Well, um, this is something when I was studying psychology that came into play a lot. Um, There's even something which I'm not going to go too heavily into right now, but if you want to look it up later, if the listeners want to look it up later, there's something called the fundamental attribution error, which is our propensity to over-evaluate internal qualities such as our behaviors, the behaviors of other people and to ignore the environment and how that might be influencing people.
0: Right. Interesting. Okay.
1: Yeah. So um, it's important to understand that because the environment, it's, it's just lost on most people. We're, we're really internally focused here. Like, What can we do? What can we control for? What are those magic words we have to say to make the date effective? And most of us are not thinking about like, hey, our, our immediate surroundings may be influencing this too.
0: Interesting. Right. Okay, so cool. Super
1: important topic.
0: Cool. Well, we have we've never talked about that topic here on the podcast. Right. Listen, I've never talked about it on the podcast, maybe in some ways, but not directly. So I'm excited to talk about this. So where do you want to begin? I have some ideas, but I'll let you lead it as well.
1: Well, I think um, I think we should make this very positive, and I want to tell you a story, a success story from a client recently, and how this. Uh, plays into environment sure let's hear it okay had a client he's probably listening to this now and celebrating the fact that i'm talking about this he recently went on on a date and the date went phenomenally well okay he went to a uh, some type of mixed restaurant cocktail lounge and um did a really great job i of course during session was asking him like wow what what did you do to make this happen and he was just describing the conversation was great and all that and how he ended up cuddling up next to her during the date. So obviously that chemistry was being built, right? Um, Kept slowly increasing that tension to the point where it boiled to a cuddle and then eventually to making out. And the making out part was, and the cuddling part was happening there at the restaurant. So this wasn't after they left and switched environments. And maybe they were saying goodbye and you had that kind of final tension moment, right? When you're saying goodbye at the end of the date, so again, I, I asked him, like, you know, what, what did you do correctly? And he he went over every detail, but he said, you know, Eric, I did something very effective that you taught me. When we arrived at the restaurant, the hostess gave us the choice of where we want to sit. Okay, she asked, where do you want to sit? So I scanned the room and I looked at the layout and I saw the different types of seating going on. And a lot of tables and chairs, a lot of bigger tables, right? But he found one in the corner. It was a booth seat, but it was a kind of a kind of a horseshoe, like a U-shaped booth seat, right? So it went along the corner of the building there. And he realized that that was part of the key to his success. Because had he been at a table that was separated by three feet of, of wood surface, right? And then they're in these chairs and uh, far across from one another. It wouldn't matter how good the chemistry is because there was no potential for the cuddling and for the making out and the physical intimacy, right? Because there's a table in your way. And so he was very smart in that he actually um, scanned the room and he found that's which the table date room. Sorry, which date real quick was this? Is this first date? This was either a first date or a second date. I think it was a first date. Yes. Okay. So somewhere yep. in the very beginning. Okay. Keep going. Yeah. First date. Great question. And that's a great result for a first date, right? That's just fantastic. Right. Huge progress there. So, so he, he implied to me that it was all about the environment, right? His choice of seating and everything that really made that happen, that really enabled the chemistry to happen because he already had the basics, the checklist on just being a good conversationalist, right? Being engaged, eye contact, all that really important fundamental stuff. But ultimately, the reason they ended up cuddling and making out was because they could. Because there wasn't a barrier between them they were allowed to progress simply by the choice in seat and table type right cool
0: so okay
1: that's the importance mm-hmm. of environment right in basic form to open this up now with that being
0: said well, here here's what i would do this is um this goes against all uh romantic kind of kind of things here mm-hmm. but if that place was a place that worked for our client, he should just repeat that and take other dates to the same place. At least, maybe not every single time, but a lot. It's like if you find a place that's a good place to just go on a date because the environment is good and you know that it's a great place for a date because of the environment, just repeat it. I don't think guys have to get really too creative and pick a new spot every single time. It's like that person, that girl won't know. What does it matter? You know what I mean? Unless you're seeking all this variety. But if you're in the city that you live in, there's only so many places to go anyway. So really, well, then that kind of brings me to the idea of of just going on a rotation of the spots that you know work the best. What do you think about that?
1: Yeah, so I've got a word document that has my list of restaurants. I repeat, and um, that is factored down by location. You know, what part of the city they live in. That way, I make sure they're not making a two-hour commute because then the date's just not going to happen, right? So, those of us who are smart daters will eventually create a document if they haven't already, right? And when they go to test out a restaurant, and they find out, hey, that that environment really worked, right? That's a suitable date spot. Add it to the list okay add it to the list and over time it will get better and better and more refined of course right yep yep exactly if i could um just in contrast to that tell another sh- very short story here this is a sad one okay this is a really sad one and this actually comes from one of the mock daters right as you know it, we, i run a mock dating program here with the coaching and i can send clients either on virtual or in person mock dates if they live in close enough proximity to one of the daters and so one of my mock daters just got back from a bar on a first date. This was a mock date. And I had, I was specifically asking her, I want you to let me know, how did the client do conversationally? Right? What was he doing? And you know what she said? She gave me a little bit of insight, but she said, honestly, I cannot assess for that because of the noise level in the restaurant. I really couldn't hear what he was saying. And, we were also sat underneath a speaker which was blasting the music and we really had to yell the entire time now when i talked to the client and and i believe him i think he is doing pretty good conversationally he continued to insist he did and i said the bottom line is she could not hear you and whatever you were saying however charming it was right it was just completely going over her head because of the music the noise okay she just she couldn't interpret it whatsoever and furthermore, Mock Dater had a really hard time with this. She had a very negative impression because the fact that he chose that environment, didn't do that research, didn't look into the layout, right? Something I think this was just something he kind of scrapped together, last minute date idea. It told her like he does not care about this at all. He he did not put any thought into this. And um, I'm not important to him. And just the experience was not important. And so even when he was making gestures, right. She kind of thought, well, I just don't think he cares that much. And it was kind of hard for her to recover from that initial impression. And um, and, talk about making
0: a rough first impression.
1: Right. And that comes down to, again, let's withhold all of the conversation elements for now. Right. And everything else he was doing, the environment killed it. Okay. It ruined the date for that alone. Right. So two very contrasting examples there.
0: So top three reasons. Why that environment wasn't good.
1: Well, it's the noise Friday night, right? You have to use a lot more finesse. Okay. When it comes to, especially a Friday night, right. And there's going to be crowds out. So his failure to have researched the environment. And sometimes all that means is a Google search, looking at images and you can see, Hey, they've got the loud televisions and speakers. And you already know this isn't going to work. Okay. The noise itself. Right. And that was a failure to research. The table layout itself, okay, so not just the noise, but the fact that they were at some kind of table, they were separated by stools, not able to get close to one another, which means they had to yell right, to be able to hear each other. Now, in spite of the noise, that maybe could have worked out better, at least if the seating were um, a little bit more precise and viable right, for conversation. So that would be another reason. And the third reason, and I know this this sounds funny, but um, the third reason was really not a great selection of food items on the menu. And here's why this is important. You don't need to go for, if it's a first date especially, you don't need to have a lot of food on the menu, but you do have to consider your date might be coming out of work, right? And if she's just drinking cocktails and on that empty stomach... Simply an appetizer would help there. So this boils back down to the environment, right? Doing that research correctly. Are they going to at least have an option, right? For you to offer. And I think they did, but they really had to dig for it. It wasn't apparent just because that's not what this particular venue was about, right? They were about their cocktails. Yeah.
0: There's like, there's a couple of things there too, because you got to kind of have an idea of what's, what is this date all about, right? So if you're just doing a drink. And the drink and you plan a drink for like six or seven o'clock, that's dinner, right? So that person probably wants to eat. That's why I always tell guys, if you want to just do a drink, try to plan the date if possible, 8 p.m. or later. So it kind of signifies we're just doing a drink here and you should have probably ate something beforehand. However, that's still not always the case. So it probably would be good social awareness when you're on a date even if it if it's a drink date to say something or mention something about food or getting a snack or did they eat yet just to maybe have something if right you know that's a possibility now again i can play devil's advocate to that sometimes you go on a first date and you're not looking to buy dinner or buy food and you want it to be just a drink date because you want it to go quick If it needs to go quick, right? If you sit down with a girl and you're like, I'm not that interested in her, you might not want to do that. So I would say to fix that problem, go on the drink date. Hopefully it is set past 8 p.m. So you don't run into a food issue. And then after 20 minutes, if you're like, okay, I'm enjoying this, I want to keep on. I'm probably going to want to see her again. You can, you'll know after 20 minutes, then you can introduce the idea of food.
1: Yes. I, uh, you, you of course, have to balance this with budget too, right? If you're trying to go on a lot of dates with different women, it doesn't make sense to go overboard with spending either. It is, simplicity is a great thing. I do tr- encourage clients to always practice being their best. So unless they're really on a date where they know it's just not going to work out, you know, practice is practice, right? You're on that date, you're there. You may as well make it the best damn date you can. Build it as a habit. I've been on plenty of dates where I, I do what you do there. You're set at 8 PM or later, right? Maybe it's like drinks and a dessert lounge, right? Which Portland just has so many great options for. And yet the the girl anyway, even though I think it's insinuated, right? When we're setting this up, what this is drinks, desserts, simple things, she will show up and I'll kind of just deduce like, Hey, you, did you eat a meal before this? She's like, no, I kind of ran out from work to get here. and And I have to say, wow, we need to get some protein in you. I don't want you on an empty stomach. Just just drinking and it really impresses her right so there's there's times where that's going to happen and so i usually almost always encourage clients like at least offer an appetizer that could be the difference right right ideally a high quality appetizer but um just fish sticks if nothing else and then at least that way she has something in her stomach and she's not suffering through the date which of course rolls back onto you and how much of a bad time she's having right yeah yeah so um In terms of just, again, I'll try to keep this more about environment. It's not really about the food, right? It's about the environment, the choice of the venue. And when I'm talking environment, that's really just a fancy term for venue choice, really, right? Because it's your surroundings you've chose. We both know that you ideally want smaller tables, okay? You want chairs that are going to enable you to get closer to her. If it's a booth seating, like a a horseshoe-shaped one, right, where you can slide around, that's great because just like that first client in which i opened with the story that enabled the cuddling and the making out right and even if they had that attraction before a simple table layout may have precluded it from occurring right so he he made a very wise choice there small tables there's some um, you're you're always i with that story i really represented an ideal situation sometimes you're just going to go to a restaurant and they're not going to have that table layout and then you need to make controls or manipulations right to make the environment work for you so i'll talk about that too general advice i really like picking round tables if you should end up in a a a table that has chairs you're sitting across i really love round tables because what i can do is i invite her to sit first maybe i even pull out her chair for her right sometimes not but when i go to pull out my chair i inch it a little bit to the side okay. It doesn't look too dramatic or suspicious or awkward for her. Like I just pulled it right up next to her when we haven't built tension yet, and we're just getting to know each other. But this is really significant if it's a round table, because even pulling the chair a few inches off to the side, you've gone around the perimeter of the table that if you should end up in say like a handholding behavior or trying to break that touch barrier, you're now set up to do it. The wood surface is out of the way. It's a little bit trickier when it's a square table because you have to get around that corner, right? And pulling the chair off to a few inches of the side isn't going to aid with that, not really. So first of all, I will when I have the choice, right? I will always look for restaurants that have round tables. Again, that's the ideal. You don't always get that. OK? What if you get stuck with a square table and it's a big table, you got three feet in front of you, right? There's just, that's what they had available. So
0: I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because I was just going to say, yeah. Megan and I went on a date last weekend and it was exactly that. So first of all, okay, it was, it was a square, it was, well, we'll call it a rectangle, I guess, to be more specific. It was a rectangle. I say rectangle because it was really a, a spot for four people. And they put us at this spot for four people. So not only is it a rectangle, but it's also very deep. So we're very far apart. And all that together, I mean, we sat down. It's like, whatever. You know, we've been on hundreds of dates at this point. And we we're actually planning to go somewhere actually even more intimate a couple hours later. But just in that moment there, I was like, ah, this is annoying. You know, it's like, I don't want to be that far away from her. I don't want to be, honestly, I don't want to be that far away from anybody. Like, even if I was with my friends, it's like, why are we so far apart? If that was a date, like, well, it was a date, but if it was like a first date where I was just getting to know somebody, I would a hundred percent would have moved. I would have made sure we're not at that table because just around the corner, there was another table there that was an actual square for two people where we were closer together and it would have made for a more intimate date i would you know and at that point we've been on so many dates it didn't really matter we just were so hungry you just want to sit down and get right. things going but if it was any other time or if, if it was a night where it's like no this is a really special night i would have 100 percent been like no we got to get something that's going to be where you and i can connect more and not be so far apart there was easily at least two feet between us it's a lot yeah You know, it's it's a lot for a table, like, well, probably an actual two and a half.
1: So it doesn't sound big in our head, but it, it makes a huge difference as opposed to if you could even get one and a half feet. Right. And it's a round table, which means you can get around it a little bit by scooting your chair. Right. Um, And you don't need to
0: measure. I mean, you know, you'll know, you know what I mean? Like you'll just, you can tell there are some tables where you're like, oh, nice. This is like nice and intimate. And some tables where you can, you can just sense. So I don't want guys to say they're overanalyzing, like, oh, God, I got to measure how long the table is. And it's like, you can just, you'll feel it. You'll see it. You'll understand yes. it.
1: Yeah. You'll, and you'll develop that intuition more so as you practice and you start looking for this stuff, right? And start choosing your venues intelligently. Hey, how about, let me ask you a question, uh, Trip. How do you feel about going to a movie for a first date? I think
0: it's the absolute worst thing you could probably do. Why Why do you, why do you ask?
1: <laughs> well, c- you're correct, of course. I knew you'd say that. Um, it doesn't allow you to engage with your date, um, of course, because you're watching a movie, you're distracted by something else going on. But looking at that and taking that environment into account here, something else that doesn't help, um, you can't talk to her for one, right? Because of the poor environment, there's an activity going on. Two, look at the layout of the seating in a movie theater. It's fixed. You're facing forward. You couldn't even turn to talk to her to give her your presence if you wanted to. Very difficult, right? Can't make eye contact, cannot talk to one another. That's an issue of environment, right? Extreme example, okay? That's how environment can affect it here. And uh, restaurants are going to be certainly almost always better than a movie theater right from the get-go, but let's keep thinking about the terms of the environment, right? And how the the seating layout really impacts things. And, and um, every now and then, in fact, more often than not, you'll probably end up in a less ideal situation. And this is where you start to ask the question, okay, so what can I do to control for this environment since we did kind of end up at this table, right? Right. The bigger table and... um Couple ideas, Um, some simple things. If it's a round table, right? You've inched your chair a little bit, maybe. Maybe you have to get up to use the restroom. And when you come back, that's another opportunity for you to pull your chair out again, right? So there's just little ways you can kind of inch closer to her that don't seem so dramatic that they alert her or feel awkward. Okay, even just, again, getting around a little bit closer to her, that can put you at distance now where you could go to hold her hand for when it comes to that point in the date, right? If it's a square table, right? If you end up you're just you're across from her, that's not going to work. Ultimately, what you have to do is get to one of the adjacent sides. The idea is to get the table, the wooden surface out of your way. It is a barrier. It is going to stop you guys from cuddling, from kissing, from holding hands, even just light hand touches, just flirting behavior, whatever you want it to be. It ruins intimacy, right? Un- probably unintentional by the restaurant owners, but so one thing you can do Maybe you had your drink, right? This is where splitting food is really creative here. Again, it's not about the food per se. I really like shareable foods in general because they're small. It's easy to control the portion, which means instead of chewing on a giant sandwich and it's hard for you to talk because you've got bread in your mouth and now you've got sauce on your hands because you have to keep shoving the sandwich in there. Ha-
0: hamburgers, cheeseburgers are the worst.
1: Yeah, right. Tell me about it, right? The worst. So choosing your foods intelligently, just getting something shareable, and that's most appetizers on a menu, is really going to help. Uh, but even if you I'll, I'll, I'll that, even
0: throw this out there is uh, yeah, things that are knife and fork appropriate, right? So yes, things you're not eating with your hands. If you're eating with your hand, it's probably going to be something that's going to be hard to manage how big the bite is, or it's going to get messy, and mm-hmm. you're spending a lot of time wiping your face and wiping your fingers. Yes. So if you don't normally use a knife and fork, I would stay away from that, yeah. uh, the type of entree or whatever it is.
1: Yeah, French fries, greasy, saucy French fries, things like that too, right? You can sometimes right. hurt. But um, but here's this beautiful trick I use on dates. And um, I had a great date a few months ago, right? And, and what we did here, we had our drink and um, she also had a salad. And I said, hey, this place is really famous for desserts. They've got this amazing French meringue we got to get. And it's it's like a big cake type thing. It's a big one, right? Huge. Came out on a plate. And of course, um, it's, it's one we have to share. It's not the sort of thing you order as an individual portion because it was pretty big actually. And so here I am sitting across from her. That's where they sat us. The food arrives and I say, oh no, we're going to have to split this. And this is way too difficult sitting across from you. I take the lead very assertively. I say, I'm going to move next to you here. Cause this is going to be a lot easier to portion and split up and divide. Right. And, um, sometimes they bring you an extra plate when they detect that you're splitting it. I love it when they don't, I actually love it when they just bring out that one plate, because now we're really forced to sit next to each other and share from the same plate. Right. Um, yep. you know, COVID hazards aside, I think people are starting to be less and less cautious about that, but This is great when they just bring out that one plate that the dessert is on. And I say, we're going to, we're going to have to sit closer in order to split this. It's totally reasonable to her. You don't have to go overanalyze or justify it, right? She just, she gets it automatically. I like that.
0: That's a good move. Yeah.
1: This is something that happens a little bit later in the date. That way I've gotten to be a little more comfortable with her first. If I just do this right at the beginning, it may not work. It might just be too much for her, right? She may feel backed into a corner and. So that's that's just an example of an environmental control you can use, right? Something you can use to uh, kind of manipulate your situation if it's not ideal. And now here we are sitting next to each other. We've already built up some rapport because it's at least midway through the date, and um, therefore, kind of the flirting. Maybe we get to some touching that feels more receptive, and that damn table is out of our way, right? The touching mm-hmm. can happen now. The intimacy can happen now, yes. right? I've also done this where, you know, there's something to show her a photo from my trip to China recently, right? Now, um, you don't want to be going through your phone the whole night looking for videos and photos. Okay, that can really pull you out. But if it's context appropriate, right? She says like, oh, I've been to China. I'd be like, wow, have you visited this place? I got to show you a photo. Totally appropriate. Has to be ready to go. Again, you don't want to spend a lot of time just fumbling with your phone here. But that could be like, okay, I got it. now I have to move closer to you so I can show this to you. So it's just less awkward to try and pass the phone back and forth, right? Right. Yeah. So there's there's several manipulations you can use there. I use the word manipulation. Um, that's not a negative term necessarily, right? You're manipulating the environment here. Okay, to make it work for you.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I like this. I'm I'm even imagining, you know, you're on a date and and you're like, oh, even beyond like the dessert or whatever, you're like, oh, I got to show you something really cool. And you just say that and then you just take the chair and you move it closer to her or you sit in the chair that's next to her. So now you're closer to her and you're showing her whatever it is on your phone that you think is cool. In your example, it was, it was just uh, you know pictures from your latest trip. And so whatever it is that you want to show her and now you guys are closer and it can allow for you know, being more physical.
1: So that's good. That's right. And even if what you had to show her was just a momentary matter, you can stay where you are. You don't have to move back, right? Chances are it's welcomed at this point if you've been building the rapport, right? Exactly. That's that's a great thing. So, so environment is super important and um, a lot of dates go awry simply because the person going on the date, taking the girl out did not think about these things beforehand really quick trick to use here if you're not sure it's a new restaurant Um, again things aren't always going to be perfect that's why you can make manipulations like that to move to her side of the table but quick trick um, if it's a new restaurant go ahead and google it right really quick and look at the google reviews you'll often find in google reviews that people post photos if you click on any of those photos it'll most likely uh, take you to a photo page the photo landing page And there's categories, the food and drink, the menu, the vibe. Google likes to use the word vibe. It just means environment or layout, right? And Mm -hmm. then you can now get eyes on what's happening inside of the restaurant. You can see, hey, are they playing sports on that giant television? Okay, you already know this isn't going to be a good suitable location, okay? Because it's going to have sports blaring during your date, Unless you wanted to go do that, right? Watch sports with someone, but but it's noise is the bottom line, right? It's something yep. that you can immediately identify. Are the tables huge, right? Maybe that's not great. Is there bar style seating? That can be a great thing because now there is no table in your way, right? That's You're a good one. I've done a other. lot of those. Yep. Yeah. So that's a very simple way. Forget about reading the actual Google reviews themselves. When you have a thousand reviews on one restaurant, none of that's going to help you because there's just myriad opinions but do look at the photos that the consumers are uploading not not the owners of the restaurant per se but what people are actually posting right mm-hmm. and that can give you a fair idea of, of what you're getting into here
0: i will also say this though um you know when i do look for just to, just to, in addition to this and kind of just to support the idea that you're saying here i like the word chic i don't like as and what I'm talking about here is when you're looking up Google and you're wherever and you're looking up the descriptions of place, chic is a good word. No frills is not a good phrase. Right. You know, because that says, and this is what I'm always doing when I'm trying to set the vibe. But yeah, okay, sometimes I, I do want a place that's super casual. Well, then I'm looking for something that says no frills. That's not the vibe you should usually be going for on a date. Right. Not saying it has to be fancy. That's not really the point. Of course, you will probably spend more money technically at a place that is is labeled as chic than no frills. But then again, this is why we're not taking our dates to McDonald's, right? So you're gonna have right. to do something a little bit nicer. So chic is a good word. Upscale is a nice word. You know, just look for words that could describe a more romantic and nice vibe and not casual. And then you can go into your your pictures and check out the pictures for that people are posting and all that. And, and really, yeah, reading those reviews is good. Is like seeing what people are saying about the environment.
1: I really like to, it, it's great to filter out by words if that applies. Sometimes they just don't have enough reviews, right? That you can't really do that yet. But if there's even a few photos up there, you can look around the photos and at least see what the environment looks like and if that's going to serve you well, right? or if it's going to defeat the date, such as the client I described who went on that mock date. And it was just too crowded, too noisy, not good seating arrangement, right? Didn't matter how charming he was being. She could not hear him. And there was going to be no attraction built from that simply because the environment was a bad choice.
0: Yeah. Here's another thing. I, really thinking outside the box here to push you to do your best. If you're not sure, go there. If you have a second after work, just go stop by the place. Go have a drink yourself. Go have a bite to eat. Just walk in, walk out, whatever. Just see the place and then you should get an idea of, okay, okay, this is a solid place. At least that will help if you're just totally unsure. Sometimes Google will do a good job You'll like, and you'll just know, okay, this place is solid. But if you're unsure and you just want to know and there's maybe only a few places in your town where you live, just go there. Check it out.
1: Yeah. And, and if that's impractical, um, at the very least, call them and talk to the staff. Because this client I was referencing who went on the mock date, right, which didn't end in his favor, um, he probably could have made a phone call and someone there would pick up and said, you're coming here on a Friday night. It's going to be crowded and noisy as hell. You're probably not going to get a seat. In fact, I understand they were very lucky that they got a seat. So sometimes like a simple Good phone call. call, right? Yeah. Good call. Yeah, indeed.
0: That's a good call. Yeah, no pun intended. Yeah. Um, okay. Awesome. What else? What else you got for us for environment? These are great, great tips.
1: Yeah. So, an environment. Ultimately, it's it's. I I sometimes this is just a personal term that I used. You've never used this before, Trip. I call it the tension triad. And I say, if you're going to uh, land a successful date here, there's three components. Each of them are about worth one third of the score. The weight, thirty three percent. There's your conversation, your words, your verbal behaviors, right? The flirting, the words that are exiting your mouth. Yep. Then another third is the nonverbal, um, which means literally anything that's not a word coming out of your mouth. That's a form of communication. We're mostly thinking about body language here, right? Eye contact, hand holding all the way up to kissing for sure. Um, And then the other third, and this is the one that no one thinks about is the environment, the things we just talked about, right? Yeah, so really important that you nail all three of those things. But because environment is so often forgotten, I felt the need to broadcast this on the podcast this morning. Yeah, yeah, right. So, in terms of, I'll say we can say just a, a few words about this too, um, because I get this question a lot. So we'll let's switch gears to approach here and how environment affects that. Okay, cool. With approach, I, a question I get a lot from clients is, I can never hear her. When I'm talking to women at the club because of the noise of the volume, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. what can I do about that? And there's maybe manipulations in there, you know, get isolator to a quieter area, go outside, you know, if there's an option for that, right? Just get closer Um, to her, get as close as you can. Get closer to her, her. even. Yeah. And sometimes that can kind of serve you well because now you're close to her and that sometimes that's intimate, right? But the first question I usually ask is, first of all, is there an alternative? Is there an environment you can choose where you can meet women that doesn't have the noise? And they think, you know, that's a good point. I've never thought of that. Okay, so again, a noise control, environmental control here, that can solve some of your problems, especially if you're still getting comfortable with approach or dating in general. Um, It's just noise, environmental issues. It's just one more thing you have to contend with, right? When you're already trying to kind of practice the basics here. It's making things a little more complicated, totally doable, but you might want to first just ask, let's look at the environment and see if I can choose a more effective environment for doing the approach. Tripp, can I have you Google some images right now really quick, just as an example? And I know the listeners can't see this, but you can talk about what you see. Um, If you do Google images, um, there's a place in Portland, so maybe type in Portland, but type in White Owl Social Club. And I'm I'm going to ask you to look more at the environment right now, what you see in the photos as opposed to the food and the drink. And maybe you can okay. kind of describe the environment, what you're seeing. Okay. So um, outside, just from the
0: outside, looks kind of nice. It's got a black brick. Looks like it's kind of been like a refurbished place. Um, more pictures. There's like a nice gas fireplace in yeah. there. Um, I'm seeing... There's an outdoor area with different picnic tables. Um, now I'm looking at night. There's a big a pavilion, like a tent that they put up here with nice lights. There's a cocktail next to a gas fire. Still, I think I've been here before. No, I don't think so. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like this to me looks like a pretty solid place. Yeah. Um, so There's some like LED lighting, purple. Yeah, it looks sleek.
1: You have pointed out a few things here about the environment. First of all, this this is a conventional club. They've got the indoor area, right? They've got the neon lights. They've got the blaring music. They've got the bar. It's usually bustling, especially on a weekend. But um, even on weeknights, it does okay for Portland, right? And you've also pointed out there's even an outdoor area, and not every club has this, but I really love this venue for approaching, for meeting women. Because when you're in an outdoor area, if they happen to be blurring loud music that night, it lets you hear the music still. You haven't lost the vibe, but you're outside of the walls now, maybe a little bit further away from the DJ and the sound source. And so you've got the music, you've got the atmosphere, right? But now you can hear each other a little bit better. In addition, you noticed that there's a fire pit there, didn't you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like Uh, a nice one too. Like a modern one. yeah, when you know, funny story. When I was in college, I used to ask my friends, "Hey, why do you smoke cigarettes? I just, it's unhealthy. I don't get it. Nothing personal, right?" And part of them honestly admitted to me, "Well, you know, it's social. When you're at a party, you got to go outside to smoke, and it kind of brings people together. And it's easy to talk to people because now you're kind of congregating out there, smoking, having your cigarette, right? And very easy just to introduce yourself. And so that gave me certain ideas. I, I didn't take up smoking, um, and I don't particularly. <laughs> I was going to say. That. No, but but let's think about that, a place where you can congregate, right? how powerful that is. And this fire pit you're looking at, and if any of the listeners want to look this up, again, it's White Owl Social Club in Portland. Just look up the images. It's cold night. We got a little bit of rain coming in Portland, right? People are congregating around the fire pit. They're having their drinks there. They're chatting. People are drawn to it because of the warmth. So I now have people all around me, beautiful women immediately where I'm sitting right across from me, right? The approach has already happened. I'm right there next to them. And it's very easy to make that conversation. A lot of them are sitting already, right? So they're not even in the position to try and run away or move anywhere else. But environment itself really can affect the way that you do these approaches just by simplifying it, right? You're now in a place where it's easier. You're not contending with the loud music as much. The atmosphere is still there. But you've got social areas, congregating areas, such as the fire pit. Okay, uh, White Owl Social Club, and I'm not affiliated with them, but they happen to be one of my favorite venues when I do go out at night for those reasons. The environment just makes everything go very smooth, right? And I don't have to try quite as hard because of that, right? It really helps.
0: Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. I think that it's going to be important for guys. A couple of things. One, check out the the venues yourself and see what it's like to do approaches and starting conversations there. And then on top of that, be real with yourself about what's going on when you're saying it's too loud. Some people, I think, will make an excuse and say it's too loud, but that's just their excuse because they're letting the fear override their desire of wanting to approach. So that becomes this excuse in their head, oh, just too loud. I can't do it. When really there's environments where when it seems loud, it's still very feasible. So ask yourself, is it really loud or am I just scared? So then you can get a true answer. Of this is a place that you think is is going to be good for you to do it. And I get it. There's some people, you know, we work with clients who are over 40 or even in their 30s. And they're just like, listen, man, I'm not, I'm just not going to bars and clubs. I just don't like that environment. It doesn't make me feel good. It's not my scene. I don't even drink or one of those or all the above reasons for them just not wanting to go. And that's fine. They don't have to, we don't force them to. And I'm not telling you who's listening to the podcast right now that you have to do it either. There are other options. However, if you are not so against it, then absolutely you should open yourself up to that possibility of going to these places because it will give you more volume. So something to think about
1: there. Yeah, absolutely. And and for you know, for me, for someone who's more experienced, for me it's a matter of I'm just gonna get a sore throat and lose my voice at some point, right? And that's why I, I kind of like to think about that. For people who are are newer to this or still working through a lot of that anxiety, which everyone has at first. Everyone who's starting this has that, right? That's sometimes a lot of the reason why I will have them do daytime approaches too. If, if you, you know, can't handle the heat, get out of the kitchen, right? Let's get you to an easier environment where there's not the noise and then you can practice your approaches and then you can advance, right? To a, a more, what you perceive as a more complicated one, perhaps, right? right. right. Um, just controlling those factors. If, if it's an excuse that people are making in light of anxiety, let's eliminate the potential for that excuse, get them to an environment where they can't say that, right? And then it, it just makes it smoother for them.
0: And then I bet once you're in that environment and it becomes easier for you, you might be okay and say to yourself, you know what, actually, okay, I can go back to that, what I thought was a harder environment and go check that out now that I've done some of these other approaches in an, in an environment that's not as hard anymore. So.
1: Yeah, I totally agree, right? There is such a thing as there being a more a difficult place to some degree. You don't want to of course feed into the an anxiety and, and generate those excuses it's really easy to get lost in your head um, and at the same time i do like to ask clients well like hey if you're having a lot of trouble with this have you asked yourself the question is there an easier place you can do this for one okay right. high volume of people that maybe less noise and not every place has a white owl social club right um, this is kind of use this as an example an extreme example right ideal atmosphere for this but there's probably some other places that have elements of that, right? Maybe mm-hmm. there's a place with an outdoor deck where people are hanging out, nice summer night, right? Um, that can be kind of your point of congregation that, um, you know, if it's a small place, but it lets you get away from some of the, the noise or the crowding, makes it easier to approach and talk to people, right? So yeah. just look for elements of environmental control.
0: Yep. I like it. And I think that's kind of the whole theme of, of this whole episode, right? Looking for- Yes. Uh, Things that you are able to control in environments that can help you to be more successful, whether it's meeting women like we just talked about or having dates that will just be smoother. Right? I mean, listen, there's always exceptions. Could you go to a a place where with a girl on a date where you're sitting far away and it's too loud, you can't hear her, and still be able to build attraction? Of course, that can be possible. But why not just make it easy on yourself? Yeah, you know, just know the good places to go on a date so it's easier, so you're not you know fighting that uphill battle i think that's really the point that that eric and and i are trying to
1: make here control the factors right that you have to contend with here kind of like you know it, it's funny trip um i i know a woman here who migrated from saudi arabia they are not big on letting women drive in saudi arabia i'm teaching her right now i'm not having her drive out on the slick roads in the rain at nighttime right we're going to do in a very controlled fashion i'm going to pick a great neighborhood where there's not a lot of traffic so she can practice right it's got to be sunny or at least not wet roads which we famously have here in the Pacific Northwest so it, again it's just it's not that she can't do it it's just like why not make it a little bit easier on her right just she's already a little bit panicked because she's trying to focus on the controls and everything and yeah let's just control for that environment same thing with approach same thing for the dating itself Let's control for our environment so we don't have to contend with conflict, right? Extra complications that are ultimately going to um, become snags in the dating process.
0: Yep, exactly. I like it. I like the way you put it.
1: Any other thoughts on this, Eric? I think that's the gist of it. Um, The big thing about environment is it's one of the most important factors for building tension and having a successful date. And it's also probably the biggest one you never thought to even ask about.
0: I like it. I like how you connected that back to the real idea is when you have an environment that it's good to have an environment that allows to be able to build that tension. And it's harder to build that tension in the environments we explained here that that don't allow it as well. The ones that are allowed where you're far away, not at the right table, all that stuff. So, yep, that's that's a great way of connecting it all together. It helps build that tension, which then what helps build attraction and then does what gets her invested in you, and has her wanting to see you again, and that's the point.
1: That's right. And just final thought again, just like with that uh, mock date I described in the client, you can be the smoothest, most charming conversationalist. You can be just rock solid with the body language, being engaged with her. She can't hear you if the environment's not working for you. You're probably not getting very far, okay? Because you missed that component, the environment, right? And all the other skills you had didn't actually matter. Right? Yep. So go for everything. All three, nonverbal, verbal and environment super important.
0: Love it. Awesome. Very cool. Guys, we are signing up clients now to work with Eric and get you to the point where you are knowing exactly what to do in terms of picking the right environment and of course even before that having more opportunities to be able to meet more women to be able to pick the environment right, getting your online dating profile right, getting your approaching right, giving you more options so you can be a rock star on these dates. You know where to go, tripadvicecoaching.com if you want to work with Eric or end up working with someone on our team here to be able to help you with your dating life and 10x your dates. We guarantee it. Link is in the show notes. And Eric, thank you so much again for being here and sharing your expertise.
1: You're very welcome. Thanks for having me.